0: I call the January 18th, 2024 Senior Commission meeting to order at 10.04. Mr. Secretary, please conduct the roll call.
1: Thank you, Madam Chair. Chair Wachison? Here. Vice Chair Comello? Here. Commissioner Aparicio? Commissioner Dillon? Commissioner Lopez-Nacario?
0: Here.
1: Commissioner McHenry?
0: Here.
1: And Commissioner Miller?
0: Commissioner Miller is absent excused.
1: Commissioner Miller is absent excused, correct? Thank you. Also with us today, we have uh, Dr. Mock, Sustainability Manager with the City of San Leandro, uh, Mike King with Pear Street Consulting, and Senior Commission Secretary Pedro Naranjo.
0: Thank you. Item 2, approval of the agenda of January 18th. I have, does anyone else besides me have a a correction to the minutes? Uh, I'm sorry, to the agenda. I have a correction to the agenda in that I noted that the previous minutes from November 8th, 19th, 2023, under New Business, Item 9A, THE PARKING STRUCTURE AND DISCUSSION ITEM WAS TO REMAIN ON FUTURE AGENDAS. IT IS NOT ON THE JANUARY 18TH, 2024 AGENDA. I WOULD LIKE TO HAVE IT ADDED, PLEASE, UNDER OLD BUSINESS, YES, 9H, THANK YOU. THAT BEING SAID, I WILL ENTERTAIN A MOTION TO APPROVE THE um, AMENDED AGENDA. Our corrected agenda. Anyone? No, so First, first, second, second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Commissioner McHenry, first and second by Commissioner Lopez. Uh, Secretary, please take a roll call. To
1: uh, do you want to, to affirm? Affirm? Do you want to? Oh, me? I'm
0: sorry. What?
1: Aparicio. Commissioner Aparicio just.
0: Okay, and Commissioner Aparicio arrived. Thank you. Sorry. Okay. Now, can we go back? Can you please take a roll call and uh, affirm the amended agenda?
1: Yes, thank you. Chair Wachison? Yes. Vice Chair Comello? Yes. Commissioner Aparicio? Yes. Commissioner Dillon? Aye. Commissioner Lopez-Nacario? Yes. And Commissioner McHenry? Aye. Yes. Motion passes.
0: <coughs> okay, thank you. Um, approval of the minutes of November 19th, 2023. Are there any additions or corrections to the minutes from... November 19th, 2023. If no, I'll entertain a motion to approve the minutes.
2: So approved. Second. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, approved, I mean, motion by Commissioner McHenry and second by Commissioner Lopez. Secretary, will you please do the roll call?
1: Thank you. Chair Watson Yes. Vice Chair Comello? Yes. Commissioner Aparicio? Yes. Commissioner Dillon? Aye. Commissioner Lopez-Nacario? Yes. And Commissioner McHenry? Yes. Thank Motion passes.
0: Thank you. Okay. On to item four, public comments. Um, uh, we do have someone here uh, visiting us today, and uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself, please, please understand that we are unable to respond to any concerns. Um, as they are not agendized, but they, we may be able to consider them at future meetings. So would you like to introduce yourself, please?
3: Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Robert Bulatow. Uh, I'm the PTO president over at Garfield Elementary. And uh, I just wanted to sit in and listen to uh, what y'all's concerns are, see what y'all have uh, been uh, doing for the city. So this is my first uh, senior advisory vision uh, to visit, and I'm excited.
0: Thank you. we are welcome. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. I think we're going to respond. <laughs> <laughs> I, can say thanks. I can say thank you. That's how it is. Either it me feel special. That's how it is. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, Secretary, will, um, <clears throat> please advise about e comments and were there any e comments? Thank you. No,
1: no public comments were received via uh, e comment. The Commission was advised by email yesterday, January 17th.
0: All right. Correspondence, Mr. Secretary. We have none. No correspondence. Thank you. All right. Well, it is my pleasure. We do have a presentation today. It is my pleasure to introduce uh, Dr. Mock, who is with the City of San Leandro Sustainability Manager. And she is going, uh, sorry, Dr. Mock is going to tell us about the San Leandro Resilience Hub Initiative. Welcome.
4: Thank you. Uh, good morning everybody. I'm glad to be here. Thank you um, uh, Peter, for organizing this. Uh wanted to introduce one of our initiatives which I uh, collaborate with on uh, the human services department, so wanted to introduce this idea and see if there were any um opportunities for, for the collaboration.
0: So. And I'm I'm really sorry. Could
4: I know yes. the mouse yes. could you I speak up a little I'm sorry. Back?
2: and I'm putting my hearing aids in so I can hear you
4: (laughs) Great. Um, so as uh, the agenda I will talk a little bit about uh, what resilience hubs are and why we are pursuing this as a city Um, and then talk a little bit about the different sites we have within Semi Andrew Um, so my work really revolves around the idea of community resilience Um, as I work on climate change um, a lot of what I'm doing is trying to go beyond just going back to the status quo. Um, as you might know, climate change impacts what we call frontline communities, first and worst. There's a lot of already inexisting uh inequities that happen, and so as we are coming up with the solutions to climate change, we want to go beyond what we already have and really try and address some of those structural inequities and try and get us to a better place than we were before, using this opportunity to really get to um, addressing um, existing resilience ideas, looking at our energy and food systems, um, participation practices, and so on. So a lot of this really centers the idea of racial equity and other types of um, equity. Um, Again, we really want to be looking to bounce forward uh, so that we can create healthier, more resilient, and sustainable communities as we are looking at um, the upcoming uh, climate um, issues that our community is facing. So this is just a schematic of um, all the different pillars that resilience hubs um, pull together. So resilience hubs are really looking at a place-based local solution um, that can address basically four different things. Disaster preparedness, climate solutions, equity, and community care and belonging. So disaster preparedness is probably something that you're most familiar with. Um, It is also what we look at when we're looking at uh, kind of the more urgent climate uh, disasters that happen. Wildfires, the extreme storms that we've seen before, wildfires, smoke so on. So we want our uh, communities to be prepared as much as possible. Resilience helps are one way to do that. That ties into the second part where we're looking at kind of more long-term solutions, building better infrastructure both um, at the sites and also uh, social infrastructure. And then using that as a way to address um, those inequity issues, making sure that all of our communities have access to these different solutions, and resources so that it's not just getting to the people who are speaking the loudest or have um, ability to reach um, our city. And then finally, using this as an opportunity to really build in a strong social component to it, really bring in community care and belonging so that we can actually come up with a stronger, um, better way to, to address our um, problems and make sure that all of our communities are, are included. So, what are Resilience Hubs? Um, this definition comes from the National Network of the Urban Sustainability Directors Network, USDN. Um, resilience Hubs are community-facing facilities that are supporting residents and community members. They can coordinate and exchange communication, distribute resources, and address climate pollution while enhancing quality of life the year the year long. Um, again, it looks to the four different uh, pillars that I showed in the previous slide um, and really is a way for us and local governments to be able to enhance what we're already doing, getting out to the community, using groups that have really strong existing relationships um, so that we as a local government aren't trying to get into the hard to reach communities, but really relying on um, those organizations utilize their networks and their relationships so that we can better, get resources and information out into the community. Resilience hubs uh, operate on three different um, kind of time modes: everyday disruption and recovery. So most people probably associate disaster preparedness with the disruption. Your cooling centers, your earthquake shelters and so on, that's kind of the general model that most people know. So resilience hubs do incorporate that. Um, it's an important aspect of how resilience hubs can operate and be able to provide spaces for those types of shelters. But it's also really important that they operate kind of in the, every, in the everyday and as well as the recovery. Um, this is because it's been shown that most people don't really have relationships with their earthquake shelters. You probably don't even know where your earthquake shelter is for, for good reason. Let me to go to this. Um, And it's also been shown that the more that folks have a relationship with that site or that shelter, the more likely they're going to be able to take advantage of those resources and information that's coming to them because they have that trust. So it's very important that we're choosing sites that have ongoing programming in the everyday so that they establish that channel of communication, that channel of relationships, so that in a case of an emergency, they know that that's a safe place to go and that's a place that they can get resources and that uh, when they're in recovery mode, they can also go there for kind of ongoing support. So those are the three different components, uh, three different modes that we we try and operate in. Um, USDN has five different core components that they recommend sites to... to have, so I will cover the five different components that we are working with our our hubs on. So the first is services and programs. Uh, These are essentially different uh, programs that can help to build uh, relationships within the community, um, promote the preparedness, and also improve health and well-being. These can include things like uh, composting workshops, garden day workshops, uh, different educational and skill-building. Um, Trainings, mutual aid, food distribution, any type of programming or services that uh, a particular uh, organization can can have, Um, that's to to augment. The second is uh, buildings and landscapes. Uh, This is probably what most people, again, associate with resilience hubs. Really trying to uh, augment the physical infrastructure of a site so that it can be... um... Sorry, there's another meeting happening. (laughs) Um, The the building itself can be uh, sustainable and green and have (laughs) um, have different components that are uh, climate friendly. So things like building electrification, um, having earthquake retrofits, having rainwater catchments, drought tolerant landscaping, so on. This is also an opportunity to pilot and demonstrate different um, techniques that other sites can then also replicate. Another core component is communications. Uh, so this can happen both in the everyday and also during disruption. Again, um, things that you do in the everyday can help you then to bolster your communication and disruption when you know there's a lot of chaos and you might lose electricity. Um, again, having the relationships and having the ability to communicate to people without relying on your phones is really important ways so that when you do need to get really important and urgent, timely information out to folks, uh, you know how to get it out there. So these are some things like uh, radios, listservs, newsletters, emergency phone trees, uh, so on. Um, power is, again, another really core component of... Um, As we think about climate change and and the uh, possibility of losing power um, during wildfire or um, those sorts of um, emergencies, having backup um, power is is, is really important. So things like solar, um, battery backup, having uh, mobile batteries, um, chargers for folks to use, so on and so forth. And then finally, the last uh, component is operations. So just really thinking about The types of internal structures and personnel, uh, staffing, and being able to build their capacities so that they can um, operate um, independently um, and be able to really make um, self determined decisions that then we can operate um, more closely as a city, as a partner, um, and not having so much of the Um, burden on the local government to have to handhold every organization through a particular emergency. The more that they can be self-sufficient and just tell us these are the things that we need, the faster we can get those those types of um, resources or information out to them. So there's a number of different benefits to San Diego for having this type of uh, network. Um, The first and foremost is really just having Um, a really robust network for distribution of information and resources out to the community. Um, We've seen in the case of um, the rainstorms and the wildfire smoke in the past couple years that we were able to leverage this network in order to get um, really vital information out to folks uh, translated into multiple languages, uh, resources about... um, um, where they can find things like the uh, sandbags during rainstorms, um, about food and, and so on. So this is really important information that's coming from the city out to the public and also information that's coming from the community back to us. So there might be opportunities where they can say, hey, we've seen um, this particular area that's flooded. Can you help to get that um Or they might be able to say, like, these are um, different population groups that aren't getting information, can go check on them, so on. So it's really important kind of on-the-ground network that that we can then leverage for for our um, internal services and and resources. Um, We've also been able to have sites um, act as cooling centers and warming centers. So uh, with the help of Pedro, we were able to um, secure... Uh, Church of Christ as a cooling center, and they are now operating um, with the help of H- HCEB. Um, we also set up uh, First United Methodist Church as a warming shelter, which is currently in operation right now in, in the winter season. Um, and you might uh, be aware of a few other um, sites, such as Bethel Church, uh, that is Um, having ongoing food pantry, uh, food distribution um, during during this time. So a lot of really critical uh, community resources that are being distributed through our sites, and then we can help to promote that uh, further within the community. Um, Having this network also just allows us to have stronger partnerships um, and just less duplication of work. So if we know that that group is already specialized in doing X, then we as a city don't need to then... um, necessarily do it on our own, but we can help to promote that and make sure that folks within the community are are being able to take advantage of that. Um, This is also an opportunity for um, community leadership capacity building. So again, the more that folks are able to um, be self-reliant and and, um, know how to navigate government systems, the less work that we are doing on our end to have to handhold and manage. Um, so, we've done a lot of different trainings to uh, do things like um, train them on how to facilitate meetings, on different things around emergency preparedness and energy efficiency, just getting them trained up on different topics. So, that, again, that they can self organize different groups and be able to come to us uh, with exactly what they're asked for. Um, and then, lastly, um, a lot of really important cross departmental integration with human services and emergency management. Uh, this created a really nice um, uh, interdepartmental collaboration between our three different divisions um, for just you know again um, more uh, less duplication of work across our different staffs and also better uh, utilization of existing resources out there so what have we accomplished? We've done quite a lot in the last couple of years. Um, this is built upon a lot of the climate action plan outreach that I did a couple of years ago um, to establish the first couple of um, sites. Um, we had received a grant from the Irvisalian Family Directors Network in 2021, which allowed us to establish the first regional Resilience hub Leadership Training. Um, and so we trained the first two sites in San Leandro through that Uh, training. And then in October 2022, we established a San Leandro-specific cohort. And from there, now we've grown to 10 different sites, um, which I'll go into in a couple of slides. Um, And now we're meeting more regularly with what we're calling a governance collective to uh, make network-wide decisions, Uh, which alternate then with workshops that are more specific to training and skill building uh, depending on what the the network um, most needs at that time. Uh, We're augmenting that with various um, partner check-ins and making sure that they have what they need in order to move forward. Um, And then also just working with the sites to identify what their priority projects are and and being able to send out uh, seed grant money. So most excitingly, We've been able to distribute um, over 73,000 in federal grants uh, from the uh, American Rescue Plan Act. Um, So this went to um, energy efficiency and water efficiency upgrades, um, some mercy preparedness um, supplies, and also ADA compliance. Um, So this is really exciting to be able to have really concrete outcomes uh, as part of this network. Uh, and we're hoping that uh, we'll get this uh, state grant, which we'll find out next month, uh, to be able to further um, this work. So uh, I'll do switch now to actually introducing the specific sites that we're working with. Um, first is Temple Beth Shalom, uh, which is a progressive synagogue in town. Uh, we've worked with them to install energy and water efficiency um, appliances, which has allowed them to get established as a certified green business here in San Andrew. Uh, they've also been able to conduct a building energy audit and they're also developing a community garden. The Korean Community Center of the East Bay uh, is one of our sites. Uh, They use the funding federal funding to install an ADA-compliant door. Uh, They're also currently transitioning. uh, Their work from uh, being appointment only to in-person, so we're working with them to support um, how that uh, programming could look. Church of Christ um, is another one of our sites. Uh, They partner with the Lewis Avenue neighborhoods, so they have a really rich um, decentralized uh, model where they have uh, both church members and also uh, neighbors um, as part of their steering committee. Um, They use um, the federal fund grants to secure a solar generator, which they're able to now use for emergency purposes. Uh, They're hosting a lot of neighborhood block parties to get people to Get to know each other and, and establish that kind of uh, social network, um, and which has allowed them to set up an emergency phone tree as well to, so um, in the case of uh, uh, emergencies. Um, teen Advocacy Going Strong is is another um, organization. They are a nonprofit uh, that works specifically with teens, um, having um, uh, a non uh, secondhand uh, clothing store component as well as kind of entrepreneurial space for, for those teens to, to work on different um, uh, crafts projects. Um, so we're able to, to give them uh, seed money to support the youth programming as well as to purchase various uh, emergency preparedness uh, supplies. Um, Bethel Church is another one of our sites. Um, they are um, the home for the San Diego Community food pantry, as well as a, a community garden in partnership with San Diego 2050. And they're also working on a tiny home uh, village um, at the site, which uh, you probably have heard of. Um, so working with them right now on a commercial kitchen uh, upgrade for various um, energy efficiency appliances. Um, they currently have a grant, or they're currently partnering with the uh, Lawrence Berkeley National Labs of, through a grant through the um, California Energy Commission. Uh, so we're hoping to leverage a lot of those uh, different state and federal funds to be able to further the um, energy efficiency upgrade work. Davis Street Community Center is another important site. Um, Again, we're helping them with uh, energy efficiency upgrades for the HVAC system, and then they're also uh, exploring um, solar battery storage as well, and then just generally promoting the existing uh, programming that they have. Um, A new partnership that we have is with the Deaf Counseling Advocacy Referral Agency, or DACAR. Um, They are a regional organization based here in San Leandro, working with the deaf community across uh, Northern California. Um, So we're working with them to better understand how we can better serve uh, that community. Um, And then also, um, they're transitioning their physical site, the community center, so looking at some opportunities for green building work um, there as well. Uh first United Methodist Church to mentioned is um, our warming shelter for the winter months. Uh, we also help them to install energy and water efficiency appliances, and they're also exploring uh, further uh, creative use of their spaces for uh, different community groups. Uh, we have a partnership with the um, Manor Branch Library. Um, so there's a couple of representatives uh, Marcy is uh, involved in uh, for the homegrown Habitats, uh, which is part of our demonstration native garden at the uh, Manor Branch Library. So they've been hosting different um, open patio garden days. We're also working with a group of neighbors um, in the Washington Manor neighborhood. Um, So they recently just got started as um, that steering committee and are thinking through um, different types of events to engage um, that part of San Leandro, which, as many of you know, has been uh, historically. this in, is this, uh, invested in and so wanting to look more into um, events and, and programming on the western side of San Andrew. And then, last but not least, we have the San Andrew Food Sovereignty Project, which is a decentralized project um, um, that's focused on different crop swaps, uh, fruit tree gleaning, and food sovereignty. So, they've hosted a number of different events. Um, on around that, and so we're looking to support them on expanding their steering committee and helping to develop a more a robust organizational structure. So with that, is the end of my presentation. Happy to take any questions um, that you might have.
1: May I, may I have yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just want to say thank you for making time and meeting with us today, and um, and for this this important and exciting work, you know, uh, when I first learned about it, I just immediately saw the connection with human services, um, and um, and because of that, we have been uh, developed you know, developing a relationship, obviously. Um, Dr. Mock presented also to the Human Services Commission uh, at the end of uh, last year, and we thought it would be really um, important to come here and present to, to this commission, um, especially the timing with our age-friendly efforts as you were able to probably see and start Definitely. making some connections. Um, <coughs> we're very excited about that. Um, um, I, I also participate uh, in the in the bi-monthly uh, governance meetings, which allows me an opportunity to, um, to uh, really be part of that network um, and learn about all these great organizations and, um, and also uh, share information about the exciting work that we're doing with the age Friendly Initiative, which I have been doing for the last few months. Uh, and then Dr. Mock and I meet on a, stand- on a regular basis. I think we have monthly standing meetings. We, we think it's really important to make sure that we're, we're both informed about what is happening. So lots um, of really good work, um, Dr. Mock was also part of the interviews that took place during the discovery phase of, of our age-friendly process here along with our other colleagues from other departments uh, within the city of San Leandro and we're really uh, leveraging Dr. Mock um, in, in the, those connections to those organizations and people uh, as we get ready to initiate this community engagement phase. So. Thank you so much, and um, just wanted to share that additional context, and uh, definitely want to open it up for questions.
0: Any questions?
1: Yes. Defin- Commissioner McHenry. I definitely
2: see the um, connection with the age-friendly project that, mm-hmm. that we're working on. Um, I'm interested in, and I don't think we really have um, the time to go into the dozen or more questions that I have written down because I found (laughs) I found the presentation very interesting Um, but I am interested in what is senior specific because I don't see any of that in here and I suspect that it's there but that it's insufficient Um, and the other question is uh, how much solar uh, does the city have, and how much uh, water um, uh, saving uh, things like like low low water use toilets, that kind of thing? How much does the city do in recycling, and I also suspect that that is insufficient. Uh, but again, it, there's nothing in here that it, that speaks to that 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 we are developing um, uh, community relationships. But I don't believe the city itself is doing enough to uh, to be an example. And I'd like to know what has the city done specifically for s- the city itself.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Um, So a lot of that is covered under our broader Common Action Plan. So the Resilience Hubs is just one uh, project or initiative under our Common Action Plan. So um, I'll start with kind of the the broader questions around solar and water. Um, We are working with uh, Ava Community Energy. So this is our um, community... a choice aggregate um, that allows us to um, procure energy for for the city. Um, Ava is helping us to install uh, solar and battery storage on all of our municipal facilities. So this has been in progress for the last couple of years. We're trying to um, um, we are waiting on Ava to identify their developer, and we have all the sites um, already identified in San Diego. So once they finalize their uh, Developer RFP, um, there'll probably be um, construction in the next uh, two years or so to have solar installed in, in our municipal facilities. Um, San Leandro, more broadly speaking, does have um, solar installed in uh, various um, non city properties. Um, so. I don't remember the the number off the top of my head, but I can uh, find that out for you if you are very curious about it. But the installation of solar across San Leandro and also regionally and and across the city has definitely increased over uh, the number of years. And um, this is something that um, we as a city um, uh, promote to our developers and also um, through the uh, enforcement of our green building code. So the green building code requires that as you build new um, buildings or as you retrofit to a certain level, you have to have um, what they call solar ready. So they have all the electrification ready or you have to install the panel itself. So there definitely are regulations on on the solar component that is being um, implemented.
2: But we're not doing it ourselves.
4: Uh, It is actually doing it ourselves because the the building permit um, and plan check review portion, we enforce the building code so that developers are installing on their commercial buildings, and then we will be having the solar installed on our municipal facilities through the partnership through uh, AVA community. Uh, we also currently have um, solar installed at the water pollution control plant already, so you can go out to a tour uh, there to actually see the, the solar that's installed um, at, the, at the moment. So, so that's the solar component. Um, on the water, uh, the water pollution control plant uh, does have water recycling. So we do have, um, it's been uh, toggled on and off. Um, so sometimes it is available uh, to residents and sometimes it's not. It depends on whether the water quality is um, at a sufficient level. So that needs to be filtered to a certain uh, degree before people can use it. But uh, they do have the technology there to provide um Tertiary level treated uh, water for recycled water for um, different customers who have the ability to track it to their own their own site. Um, we also work with um, again our building and uh, plan check um, people to enforce the uh, Alameda County uh, water drought tolerant uh, ordinance we Um, So this is a landscaping ordinance that requires um, developers and and homeowners to have uh, certain types of landscaping um, if they were to redo their their lawn and so on. So that's on the the waterfront. In terms of the energy efficiency and um, water efficiency appliances within city buildings, um, we do partner with uh, or we have a contract with uh, Comet Tech. Um, that has been going through our different city facilities to um, upgrade our energy efficiency um, appliances. Um, So I think we are now in phase three of that um, project. So they're kind of just going through um, to tackle the the different uh, sites through through that. Um, and then you were asking about the um, senior-specific components. And and yes, um, I will agree that um, this presentation was, was fairly general. It does not specifically call out the, the senior-specific components. Um, however, a number of the sites do work specifically uh, with seniors. So the Korean Community Center of the East Bay, they have a lot of... Services that specifically speak to um, Asian immigrants and particularly Asian elders. Um, so they do a lot of really great work uh, regionally um, to support Asian elders uh, They've done a lot of work uh, during the pandemic to do uh, food distribution and um, Wellness checks and and so on and uh, the, the Vietnamese Community Center, which is a newcomer um, thanks to the work uh, coordination with Pedro, uh, is also just a, a new addition to the network. And they, they're also going to be doing a lot of work with um, uh, seniors, uh, broadly speaking, within San Leandro. So there is that. Um, and then also Davis Street, I'm sure you know uh, they do a lot of work with uh, seniors as well. So um, the network as a whole, is not necessarily senior specific, but definitely sites. Within that, um, they do have those kind of special specialty uh, programming. And one of the benefits of having what we call a network approach, as opposed to just a single site that does everything, is that we can have these kind of more diverse and specialized uh, services uh, for folks who are, you know, if you are an Asian immigrant, you can go to the Korean Community Center or the Vietnamese Community Center, if you're, if you're a youth, you can go to TAGS for, for these kind of services as opposed to just having one facility where everybody is trying to fight for the same resources. So we chose this network approach to be able to have these multiple different organizations that work with their specific communities and populations so that and have better relationships with them. Um, and so our job is to better bolster the work that they're doing, either by improving their uh, physical infrastructure or their um, operations or kind of, uh, if they need staff training and so on. So that's the the approach that we've been taking so far.
2: Could we at some point have um, a presentation in the future or, or a discussion in the future that is specific to Seniors, because this is the Senior Commission, Mm -hmm. this is the Senior Center, um, and uh, it would be good to know uh, what is available and how we can communicate that availability to our senior population. Mm -hmm,
4: mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think it would be really great to have, for example, I think, the, the Vietnamese Community Center and, and the Korean Community Center have bring in representatives and, and talk a little bit about their programming. Um, while I I'm mostly here as the support of, of the network, but it's, uh, hearing directly from the sites themselves would be really great. So we'll try and coordinate Wonderful. a time to to bring in them um, specifically for that. Thank
5: you. Yeah. How
0: how do we get hold of some of these organizations? For instance, the San Leandro Food Sovereignty Project. Mm-hmm. I've got friends that have. You know that grow grow stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Uh,
4: can't can't um, get rid of it. Yes, yes. So. Um, we do have a website where I've listed all the organizations by name. So if you go onto resilience resiliencehubs um, I'm sorry, resilience hub resilience okay. hubs, um, yeah. you'll find a list of all the <coughs> organizations. Um, the other easier way is just email me, and then I will directly okay. con- connect to you. Um, yeah, for for that one specifically, because they're not a five hundred one c three, they they don't really have like a formal. I, I think they do have a website, but it's it's not like a formal organization. Um, so some some the two two of the, the groups are kind of decentralized in uh, in that way. Um, so it depends on which which group you're kind of trying to connect to. It might be an individual that I need to. Manually send an email to, as opposed to an organization where you can go onto the website right. and so on. So, you anybody
6: else? <coughs> um, I had the same question about. Is there any particular person <coughs> in charge of this uh, San Leandro Food Sovereignty sovereignty Project?
4: Yes. Uh, <coughs> there is there's somebody named Courtney, so she's Courtney. the main Courtney. 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 Yes. Uh, uh, she Indiana is the main. Yes, I can I can share I can do an email introduction um follow, following this, yeah, this. Because we always uh, have some extra fruit that we <coughs> like to share with others. I can Does
6: the city have any uh, project of uh, growing food so that they can fruits so, so that they can distribute it to the poor? Is there any um,
4: Gro- growing food? Um uh, pro- we is uh, an yeah, yeah. So, so the community garden at Bethel Church um, is probably the, the closest that we have. Um, I've been trying to facilitate community gardens in Santa Ynez since the first day I've arrived here, and but <coughs> Bethel Church it has the best space for that. Um, so th- it's a partnership with Santa Ynez 2050. Um, they are in their second year, I believe, of, of the garden. Um, and happy, t- I think, to uh, take um, questions or have newcomers come in to uh, grow food with them. Um, so I think that's the best um, organization to connect with in terms of food <coughs> growing. Um, the Food Sovereignty Project focuses less on the growing of food at this time. I think mostly they are trying to leverage the existing fruit trees. Um, and the fruit that is otherwise going to waste there. So a lot of what they're doing is basically coordinating um, food or crop swaps where folks can bring um, the harvest that they have um, and then share it with those who, eat, who need it or just want to share uh, different different types of crops that they, they aren't growing themselves. Um, the, the last event they had, I think, was in the fall. I, I haven't heard from them uh, if they are having uh, an upcoming event, but I'm sure that they will be happy to connect with um, new folks.
0: Perhaps yeah. if you um, find out what it is, perhaps you could uh, let Petro know, and then he can let us know. Yes. That would be great. Yeah. I think we might have time for just one more quick question. Yes. Sure.
3: Thanks, doctor, uh, for great presentation. Mm-hmm. We're all in showing different aspect of, of, of the and more so we're interested to see the impact of the program uh, do you have any metrics or comparisons of like maybe savings in dollar amounts prior and after?
4: Yes um, savings is hard to calculate um, I think because um, each individual site will, will have to calculate what they were spending on um, electricity and then having to, to calculate then like what the for example, the uh, upgrades that they were able to install. Uh, and then obviously not every site uh, got a upgrade. So so that's probably not the best like metric to use. Um, if I were to, to give an example um, of impact, of all the sites, all the cities that are working on Resilience hubs, San Diego is one of the few that is working with this many sites. Uh, most other sites are working with one or two big organizations to establish one big navigation center type facility. So, for example, um, Oakland is working with the Asian Pacific Ener- uh, Environment Network, um, APEN, to uh, uh, convert their Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln Center um, into a Resilience Hub in, in Chinatown. and that's. They're spending a couple million dollars to refabrish that site to be kind of the go-to place for the entire Chinatown.
7: Mm-hmm.
4: Us, uh, so on the other hand, we're, we're less looking at that model. We're looking more at just you know having these distributed um, 10 different sites that uh, may or may not go to the full extent of a navigation center. Um I will say that this work here has been recognized by the state, so we had, um, I was part of a panel last August uh, with the state office of the Strategic Growth Council, uh, which funds a lot of the work um, for resilience helps across the state. And uh, everybody else in the panel had received funding from the state for this and we hadn't yet. So I think that speaks well to the work that we're doing, that we're already operating at the level of people who have been funding for several years um, on this work. Um, and similarly, there was another um, tour that was done uh, at the end of May last year. Um, again, representatives from the state came by to, to, to um, tour the, the different sites that we had and, and they're really impressed, so I think um, the outcomes are more qualitative at this point and less quantitative particularly because we have such a diverse set of organizations that we're working with and each organization individually has different sets of outcomes that they're receiving. So I am working on a report right now to try and summarize some of this. Um, so when, when that case study is written up, I'll be happy to distribute that to, to you and to the council to kind of showcase um, the, the work that we're doing. Phenomenal. Very cool. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Thank you very
0: much for the presentation. This yeah. has been absolutely eye-opening, I know, for me. And, and I'm sure that people will be asking you to come back and give us an update on <coughs> everything that's going on. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Thank you. All right. All right. Um, <clears throat> oral report of the secretary. Secretary.
1: Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, before I do my update, I want to welcome, uh, say hello to Leah Robinson. Uh, Leah is with uh Pear Street Consulting and will be part of the um, Age-Friendly Update. Thank
8: you so much.
1: So I have uh, just a few updates um, regarding the... I'm sorry, could
0: you turn that off? Yes. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Actually, yeah, if we need it not because.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Find,
1: uh, the president.
0: Of course. you need me
1: to connect? No, it's, it's, it's hard to say. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Good. Sorry, about okay. Sorry. You. sorry about that. Gotcha.
1: Sorry about that. Okay, so as you all know, next week is a very important day. It's the homeless point in time count. Um, it's scheduled for next Thursday. Uh, January 25th, as you may recall, this is the day that many, it's a uh, effort to go out and actually do a visual count of uh, the uh, unhoused in various cities. Uh, we have over 45 volunteers, uh, mostly consisting of city staff, nonprofit providers, outreach staff, and community volunteers. Um, this, as you recall, is a very important effort uh, that count. FOLLOWS YOU uh, FOR A COUPLE YEARS AND uh, uh, INFORMS DECISIONS REGARDING FUNDING AND, uh, and SERVICE DELIVERY. SO um, WE ARE VERY uh, uh, HAPPY that, we've, THAT WE HAVE THE VOLUNTEERS THAT WE HAVE AT THIS POINT TO SUPPORT THAT EFFORT. Um
2: uh, EXCUSE ME FOR INTERRUPTING YOU. FOR THE LAST SEVERAL YEARS, I'VE ASKED FOR uh, SPECIFIC NUMBERS REGARDING SENIORS ON THAT COUNT. And I'm told that um, that that isn't something that's done. If there is anything that you can do to encourage that those that, that those figures come out, um, I would greatly appreciate that um, because I think we're again we're missing we're missing something within that that a very important
1: number. Thank you. Yeah. No. We've we've noted that comment. Uh, we definitely are. Uh, aware and I think it's really important for us to uh, look further into it. I know that every year or every time the count is done, uh, there's a different methodology that's used. And uh, what I wanted to share is that this year we're doing an actual uh, we're doing a survey, uh, which I think will help generate additional information uh, that will give us a really good sense of you know what uh, you know what we're facing. Um, the county is providing some gift cards uh, to individuals who uh, who choose to participate. In uh, in these surveys, and what's really helpful uh, for that process is some of the volunteers that I mentioned earlier are, are uh, individuals who are already uh, are out there doing outreach on a regular basis and already have rapport and relationship, which I think is going to really uh, support uh, for folks to feel comfortable in sharing information regarding their circumstances. So yes, definitely noted, and I um, it's definitely on my radar. Just so you know. Thank you, kindly. Yes. Um, in addition to that, the city is, is supplementing the, the gift cards with uh, care kits that, uh, uh, that will include beanies, socks, gloves, hand warmers, uh, water, uh, and ready-to-eat foods. Uh, so again, that's happening on the, the next Thursday, and I look forward to providing an additional update when we come back in February. Uh, regarding the, the parking study uh, in relation to the electric vehicle design, uh, the input that you all shared uh, during the last commission meeting was shared via email with with Dr. Mock, who we just heard from, uh, who plays a key role with this project on behalf of the city, uh, and with Zach Thompson with Ava Community Energy, formerly known uh, as East Bay Community Energy. Uh, as you may recall, we had a really good discussion, and one of the things that came out of that meeting was. We need more information we don't have enough information uh, so I have reached out to them and they are both uh, scheduled to come to our February Commission meeting to provide an input uh, and solicit additional uh, to provide an update and solicit additional input from the Commission so I look forward to hearing more from them next month um, regarding the two vacant uh, senior Commission seats uh, as you know in addition to Commissioner Everso. Uh, We recently received uh, Commissioner McElroy's resignation on November 18th, Uh, so the city is working to uh, fill those two positions. Uh, A motion to nominate representatives uh, including uh, Rosemary Picado Picado, uh, to the Senior Commission for District 2 uh, was presented at the January 2nd, 2024 City Council meeting. Uh, A motion to appoint these representatives will likely be on the city council agenda for the February 5th, 2024 meeting. Uh, So I look forward to uh, providing an an update and uh, connecting with those individuals once they come on board so that we can onboard them onto the commission and orient them to um, where we are with this age-friendly initiative. Uh, Lastly... um, we're connecting all kinds of dots, right? So we're hearing names of organizations and efforts. Um, so you heard uh, from Dr. Mock uh, a mention of the Vietnamese community uh, center of the East Bay. Uh, the city, human services specifically, is contracting, contracting with them uh, currently to provide a variety of uh, social services to our seniors. Uh, and they just happen to be here today Right next door, uh, they're here from 11:30 to 1:30. Uh, we all believe that our work is relationship-driven, so it's very, very important that as providers we get to know each other. It's very important that the providers get to know um, uh, the users uh, or folks who are helping promote these services. Uh, so please join uh, them next door if you have if you have some extra time after this meeting. Uh, they ha- they have some snacks, some drinks. A really good opportunity to meet the staff and learn more about the programs that they are providing here at the Senior Community Center. Uh, just a quick tease, they are here three days a week uh, do, uh, doing drop-in hours and helping to connect people to uh, services sh- such as CalFresh, helping them with uh, information regarding how to reduce their, electri- their electric and gas bills, uh, talking to them about affordable housing and rental assistance uh, in addition to citizenship classes. So. Um, so yeah, come please meet with them. They're they're, they're great. They're amazing, uh, and they're they're going to be doing great work for us here. Um, and that concludes my report. I'm open to any questions that anybody might have.
0: Can you please tell me what days of the week they're here?
1: I believe they're here Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays from nine to one. Okay, Tuesday, Thursday, nine
0: to one. Okay, Can I ask any. A question?
3: I, so, I did sign up for the point in time survey as a uh, go out there and help, um, but I haven't really received much uh, information back. Um, is there a time when we're supposed to, or has, has that information already been sent out to uh, volunteers? Or not yet?
1: The coordinator, I believe, has been in communication. I'm happy to talk to you after the meeting and we can I can give you some more details.
3: Awesome. Thanks,
1: yeah. Pedro.
0: Thanks. Thank you, Pedro. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Yes, Commissioner Dillon. Could
5: you please? Um, can you state the name?
1: Because I want to write it down. Um, the name of the organization? Yes. V- there's the Vietnamese American Community Center of the East Bay. Okay, I think they go by BASID.
0: <laughs> Any other questions? Right. Thank you very much, Pedro. Okay. Our big event for the day. our age-friendly assessment and action plan an update on the progress and the next steps Uh, so the first part will be the age-friendly senior uh, san leandro senior commission presentation uh, and then the second part will be the um, draft community engagement plan and i am thrilled again to welcome Mike King, who is a co-founder and project manager of Pear Street Consulting, and Leah Robinson, lead consultant with Pear Street Consulting. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey.
9: I relocated here, so i doesn't have to leave oh, your slides you. um, Great to see you all again. wonderful to be here. Um, I think this is probably the first time my colleague... Lee is is here in person. I think uh, we've met some of the folks here, Lee, but, yeah. but for others this may be the first time. So this is the the partnership here. Um, so um, again, really fantastic to be here and to kind of uh, you know keep this momentum going, keep um, you all involved and informed about the progress we're making on our age friendly action plan. Um, what is coming, uh, if you've reviewed these materials that, that I'm going to be presenting, it's it's going to be quite a sprint, uh, especially in February, March, and April. So a um, lot coming up. Um would love, um, as part of this presentation, when we get to the end, to really have a, a conversation about how all of you can participate and kind of help um, in the ways that uh, you're able to and want to. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll launch into it. Um, I know last time it was very... Casual, we kind of, as we went through the information, folks jumped in with with questions. I think for this time, just um, so that we can really maximize the conversation at the end, I'm going to try to just go through the slides, um, you know, fairly quickly. I think you all probably do a really good job of kind of reviewing the information beforehand. So Mm -hmm. I'll try not to spend too much time on the slides so that we can then go back to the really important areas that you want to dig into and, and have that conversation. So if that sounds good... I will jump in. So here's the beautiful team. <laughs> um, so we, uh, you know, essentially have completed our discovery phase at this point that we talked with you about in November. So um, as part of that, we did literature review. We did uh, demographics data analysis of the community to understand, you know, so what is the mix of the population that we want to engage and, and kind of start to, to think about what Uh, Are those strategies for engaging um, those different folks? Um, And then we also did um, interviews. And we ended up talking with 28 local stakeholders, uh, as well as regional stakeholders. So that included elected officials, appointed officials such as um, yourselves, uh, community leaders, folks that represent um, different neighborhoods and communities around San Leandro. So really a nice mix of folks to give us perspectives from from different vantage points and in different lived experience. And so what we, you know, just in a very high level, obviously a lot more information that, that came out of that those discovery activities. But, you know, big things is, you know, I think a real strength of San Leandro is its diversity, right? I mean, we saw that in lots of different ways in the data that, that we looked at. Um, we have uh, a really robust Asian, uh, Latino population, as well as, Um, uh, a really vibrant white and African-American population in the city. So we want to make sure as part of this process, right, we're engaging uh, these communities of color, especially. Um, As you can see by the mix of age groups, right, we have a growing senior population, right, and that's going to continue, as we all know. Um, But we also have, right, this this mix, right, so as people are getting older, right, and moving through different stages of life, right, we want to think about, you know, how do we make sure that this age-friendly action plan sort of meets the needs of everybody? Um, And then finally, right, because of all this diversity, right, we also have a really um, fantastic immigrant population here in San Leandro, uh, folks that don't necessarily speak English as their first language. And so as part of our outreach, as part of our engagement, right, we want to make sure, um, especially these larger populations that speak Chinese, Spanish, um, Filipino, and Vietnamese, making sure right that we're bringing those folks into the process in a way they feel comfortable and are able to communicate easily uh, with us. Um, and as far as the interviews, just at a high level I want to highlight, because um, this isn't always the case when, when we do these types of projects, there was really um, quite a bit of alignment across all the conversations that we had. And really some of the sort of the big priorities um, were just echoed time and time again as we talk to folks. And, and those priorities, as I highlight here, you know, housing, right, that was sort of the first thing basically that we heard out of everyone's mouth um, consistently. I think there was a mix. I know we heard from some of you, like, you know, what can we do about housing? It's just this huge thing. It's, it's, you know, all over the Bay Area. How do we have impact on affordability? And I think that's something that we'll continue to talk about, but just as a need, right, especially for seniors, that came out loud and clear. Public safety, the same thing. I know in conversations with with all of you, that was a big thing that came up. Um, wanting to feel safe walking, wanting to feel safe, um, you know, uh, navigating the city in different ways. Um, development, and you know, this kind of a, a blanket term, but but hearing about folks having to go to other communities to do their shopping, to go to places that are more pedestrian friendly. Um, so, how do we create a welcoming? You know, destination here for San Diego—a place where people want to come. So that's how we're thinking about development, and then sort of associated with that, the, the ideas around civic and social gathering. You know, obviously we heard from Dr. Mach, right? There's so much already happening, which I think is exciting, and, and we can leverage. But this idea that right, how do we bring people together in different ways? Some of it is social, but also we heard a lot about, um, you know, this is a really active. Um, it's probably the most accomplished, most educated um, uh, retirement uh, population that the United States has ever had and San Leandro has ever had. These are folks that want to be active, want to contribute to their communities. So how do we leverage all of those skills and knowledge um, through volunteerism, through other kinds of programming? And so we heard a lot of that that right there's this great opportunity. how do we leverage that? And I think the resilience hubs is, is a, a start. To, to how the community is doing that, but I think there are other ways that we want to um, discover through this process. So that's a quick overview of, of kind of uh, some of the big themes that came out of our discovery. We'll kind of return to some of that as we get into uh, our community engagement strategy. So why are we uh, you know engaging the community as part of this age friendly action plan? you know I think you know I'm speaking to the choir here but but just you know some of the reasons why, It's so important, is right. Not everybody has had an equal um, role in community planning, designing their communities over the last hundreds of years, right? So, as we continue to do these planning processes, this one, the ones that come next, you know, as you update this plan, right, having equity, having racial equity, especially at the top of uh, our minds, you know, bringing it into everything that we do. Is so important to make sure that what San San Leandro becomes, right, is something that works for everyone, not just folks that have been in power. And, you know, it's a huge community, I think, you know, roughly 90,000 people. How do you get, you know, all of those folks involved in a way where they're having a dialogue with their city council, with appointed representatives? Um, And so this is a way for us through surveys, through other channels, right? To sort of gather, you know, information from the many to share with folks like yourselves, with city council folks who are actually uh, going to be, um, you know, helping to make decisions and uh, implement, you know, what the community wants to see. Um, and then probably the most important—I should have put it number one instead of number three. This, this, this engagement with the community, the conversations we're going to have, getting folks um, thinking about what is age-friendly. What do they want to see different? How do they want to age in San Leandro? It's all about getting them thinking about this plan as their own, right? I mean, Leah and I, we, we love doing this work. We're gonna be with you all the way. But you know, at some point, right, the plan is no longer sort of something that we're leading, and it's yours, and it's the community's, and it's everybody's, right? So how do we start to build that sense of ownership? And that's a big part of what we're gonna to try to do over the next few months engaging with the community, making sure that, you know, they say, they, they see, you know, I, I helped, you know, provide information in X, Y, Z ways, and I see that now in the plan. You know, what I asked for, what I thought was important is showing up, and I can see how there's a through line to actual changes in the community that came from something that I shared and that I wanted um, to see happen. And so that's, we want to keep that thread going so folks build that trust have uh, a sense that when they participate in these processes, those changes actually occur. Um, and, and the quality of their responses is, is heard and, um, and shows up in the, in the final product. Um, so as we you know, look at this document, um, the community engagement plan that we've put together that's, that's based on everything we've, we've learned through the discovery and, and from our experience uh, doing this work, um, it's a reference guide. It's a it's a living document. So I just want to make that really clear. It's, it's got draft, you know, uh, nice and big on it, right? This is um, you know, this is our approach as we understand it right now. But once we get out into community, um, and and realize that you know maybe certain of you know methods of of engaging folks aren't working or aren't comfortable for them, we're going to pivot. We're going to change our approach. So so I don't want this to feel like you know we are we are locked into this. We are going to continue to learn today in our conversation later. I'm going to learn from all of you. We might, you know, um, based on that feedback, make some some significant changes. So just want to kind of make that really clear that this is going to help guide us. It's a little high level as we, and we already are in, in work with Pedro, like getting to the next layer, which is like, you know, the actual days we're going to go out and meet with certain groups, Right. The, the collateral, the actual like flyers, you know, application cards, the different methods in which we're getting, putting those together. So those don't show up here, but all of that is going to be sort of that next level of detail. Want to make sure you're all comfortable with the, the general plan. And then we're off and running with, with all of those implementation pieces. So in terms of the activities we've identified, Right, we're going to do eight listening sessions. So this is a way to go deeper into um, particular target populations, understand nuanced differences uh, in terms of, of priorities and preferences of different community groups around San Leandro. And so we're we're targeting around 90 minutes. Um, I think that's the sweet spot to to kind of get the level of engagement, have folks thinking, you know, kind of open ended, like like we did with all of you in terms of the interviews get community members kind of dreaming about what they want to see, but then help narrow their priorities in a way where we leave the meeting at the end with some real consensus around these are the particular projects that are most important to them, right? So so 90 minutes, I think, will get us there to have um, the conversations we need to have to really understand what different target populations want to see. Um, Next, we're gonna do domain-specific community surveys. So domain is the ARP language, right, for, for different priority areas. Um, and we talked last time about how it, it's the wish of this commission, right? There's eight of those domains. You are like, oh, that's you know, that's too much. We really to be successful, we need to focus on a smaller subset. And so that's part of where we're gonna get with all of this engagement. But we imagined six community surveys. We heard loud and clear from folks, you know, too many questions. Is going to be a turnoff. Folks are not going to participate if you got 20 questions, right? So we 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 heard there's a sweet spot somewhere around five questions. You know, keep it succinct. Really hit the most important thing. So we're going to uh, find that balance. And um, and this is a way, right? That the listening sessions be roughly 15 people per session. We'll, we'll see, maybe more, maybe a little less, depending on um, participation, but. With the surveys, right, we're going to try to reach as much of the community as possible. You know, and my hope is that that will be thousands of responses across different age groups, across different areas of the city, right? So that's our listening sessions is kind of that deep engagement. Community surveys, right, is that broad uh, way of reaching the community. And the way that those are going to be successful and we're going to get the information that really helps us understand what, what the priorities and and changes that the community wants to see are, is outreach, right? So even though um, I'm showing this as number three, it's it's the thing we're going to start with, and it's really the most important thing that we're going to continue to do throughout the whole process to make sure folks know about the initiative, that they um, feel welcomed into the process, uh, and and ultimately participate. And so we're going to do general promotion, and that's going to help, you know, kind of, again, this this ongoing um initiative, right, so after Lee and I, you know, um, you know, hand it off, essentially, to all of you, right, we want to have the branding, the website, all of the things that are going to continue on afterwards so that people people know, Age-Friendly San Leandro, this is a thing, it's not just, uh, you know, the six months of planning, it's the next five years, it's the next ten years, it's what San Leandro is going to be, you know, for forever. So, Um, So there's that general promotion, and then we're also going to do targeted outreach. So we identify folks to participate in those listening sessions. We get the surveys out and help support people to fill those out. So it'll be a mix of of both objectives. And we heard loud and clear from the interviews, got to be there in person, right? That is the way we're going to reach, especially hard to reach populations, but um, but reach, you know, people uh, all over the city. And so... um, that is going to be the focus, but it's, we're still going to do a mix, right? We understand that some people are more, you know, especially uh, youth are more engaged on social media. So we are going to have social media posts. We're going to make information available through the city's, you know, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we'll use Nextdoor. Um, so right, we're going to have those digital channels. But then, as Dr. Mark described with the resilience hubs, right, we're going to go out to all of these. Um, you know, physical facilities, nonprofit organizations, churches, businesses. Um, we're going to go to events that that Dr. Mock and the Resilience Hubs are putting on, where people are going to show up. If you know of any events, um, we'll add those to the calendar. Right. So we're going to meet people where they're at, and that's that's the biggest, um, you know, I think, strength of this this strategy uh, is that we're going to be out uh, talking to people as much as possible. Um, and stuck in, stuck in real yeah, go for it. Lee. So
8: um, I just also wanted to echo what Mike is saying. This will be the big part, right? You know, something that we continue to hear in our conversations was around trust, building community, and anytime we're doing this work, we always want to make sure we're including voices that maybe haven't been heard before, right? So in our conversations and interviews, that was one of the big pieces was like trust, building trust, building relationships, showing up, and we're really prepared to do that, and we may have to course correct. There may be things that we're doing that's not working as far as like getting to those communities, and we're prepared to do that. The piece about meeting people where they are is gonna be really critical, right? It's gonna be critical to, to listen, to learn, to course correct, to go where we need to go to make those connections. So I always get really excited about this piece because we get to get on the ground, and we get to do the outreach, and we get to learn, and we get to make the mistakes, and bounce around and be in collaboration around it so I just wanted to just reiterate meeting people where they are and it gives us the flexibility to course correct and really hopefully get to those places where we haven't heard from right because that's going to be really important. so we're really
5: excited
9: I just wanted to yeah absolutely yeah that's the spirit of this and thanks for sharing that Lee and just lastly you know um, yeah just really want to especially since we heard about some of the gaps in the survey that you did last year, right? Want to make sure um, you all see the focus that, that, you know, engaging communities of color, especially, right? Um, we know we need to do that, and that's going to be a focus, and you'll see it as we talk more about um, uh, where we're going to go, right? What organizations, what neighborhood meetings, and so forth, right? So just to go a little bit deeper into the <coughs> listening sessions... And I really you know, want comments from you on all of this, but, but as we get into the sort of the specifics, the, the decisions that we're making in terms of which populations to engage, really want to make sure right, that, um, that you're all comfortable with this approach, you don't see any gaps. Right? So that's a big takeaway for today for us, so think about it from that lens. But what we've identified through our research and through the interviews would be really important to engage the African-American um, community the Hispanic and Latino community, right? We, we understand there's a distinction between people who identify as, as Hispanic versus Latino, but um, there's enough common um, uh, Spanish language history, right, that, that we'll try to engage um, those two groups together. Um, similarly, um, Asian residents, right? We know that there's it's not just a monolith, right? There's a very uh, robust Chinese population, but there's also Filipino, um, Vietnamese, Korean, Right. There's, there's um, lots of different groups that are well represented and, and have vibrant communities of their own in San Leandro. So we're going to figure out how to bring um, all of those folks together and with breakout groups, probably, um, you know, meet, meet and hear from them. Also, we want to do a group with LGBTQ residents, with residents um, as well as, as caregivers of folks that are, are living with chronic illnesses or disabilities, um, so that's an important focus uh, for this population. And then uh, lastly, um, also doing a, a targeted meeting with uh, seniors that live in different kinds of housing facilities, so skilled nursing homes, uh, assisted living facilities, affordable housing that's uh, been developed uh, specifically for seniors. right? So bring those folks together. And as you can see in the footnote, Right. I, I think we, based on experience, oftentimes meeting with folks um, who have disabilities, it can be a challenge to meet in person. And so we may have more success meeting virtually with that population. Um, it, it, there's a question about sort of the best way to meet with folks um, in different senior housing communities. Um, that may also be virtual, but potentially we could do that in person. I think the first four, um, uh, are, it's important and really necessary for us meet with those groups in person at culturally appropriate venues, you know, really, um, you know, create welcoming spaces uh, for those communities. So just want to highlight that approach. And across all of these um, uh, listening sessions, we want to have a mix of of demographics, so um, so a mix of ages, right? Not just seniors, but folks who are, you know, working age adults, who are youth, um, get different perspectives on you know, how does everybody think about aging and what sh- is age-friendly in San Leandro? So similarly, want to have a mix of gender identities as well, mix of income and, and housing um, status, um, and then hopefully have a really good mix of geography as well, right? So if we're meeting with African Americans from San Leandro, there are folks from different districts uh, and different experiences living in different neighborhoods in the city as well. Um, we know that veterans, right? There's a there's a, a big overlap between the veteran population and seniors, right? So um, we may not have veterans on every single listening session, but we certainly want to make sure in our outreach that we're bringing veterans into some of those conversations. And then lastly, right? We 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 want to make sure from an equity lens that we're engaging uh, American Indian tribes people in this process as well. Um, as a percentage of the population, as in most communities it's, it's a lot smaller than these other groups that we've identified, but it's still extremely important to um, really make whatever effort we can to bring them into the process and honor um, you know the history of, of disenfranchisement to those communities so we see that as more of um, sort of an add-on session that you know that we're calling like an interview um, so it's just another way for us um, to meet with the folks that, that we need to, and we'll try to figure out from their perspective what's the best way to do that. How do they want to meet with us? How do they want to share their feedback? But we're going to make sure that, that we engage uh, and bring them into the process um, in any way that we can. The final two um, uh, listening sessions are kind of more what we're describing as working groups, and that's because right, this is our opportunity to kind of Bring together, in one instance, the community <coughs> serving organizations, the nonprofit folks, the faith-based organizations, social support clubs like the Rotary Club, Kiwanis, and then business representatives, the different chambers of commerce, uh, potentially you know private business owners, because um, these are the folks you know. Just as Dr. Mock spoke to the resilience hubs, right? They're you know the city can't do everything, right? As as we figure out what. Is age friendly and and where the city wants to go to become more age friendly, um, it's gonna take everybody. And so we really wanna mobilize this group of community partners and get them, you know, I think a portion of the conversation will be, you know, like the conversations with these other target populations, like hearing from them what the priorities are. But a lot of it is really starting to get them to um, build their capacity to work together, to understand that once this plan comes out, right? that they're going to be an integral part of working with the city, working together to deliver on those outcomes. And so we want to start to build that capacity, and that's a big part of of what we want to do with that meeting. Similarly, the the last, the eighth um, uh, listening session would be for those uh, city-elected and appointed representatives uh, to come together to get really clear um, on what age-friendly means to the city, how we define it, Um, what we're, you know, we're going to schedule this one kind of last in the process, right? So we'll have all that information from all the other listening sessions, from the surveys, bring that all together to really start to kind of hone in on what the final priorities are, what the final projects should be, and again, start to operationalize how does the senior commission work with city council on this going forward? Um, How do other commissions work with you and with the council, right? And so we heard loud and clear from all of you. Right, there is that disconnect right now. Um, the, the, the council and, and this commission have not sort of had enough time to get clear on what is age-friendly. So we want to make sure right, that we're giving, creating that time um, as part of this process and so you have uh, sort of a, a different relationship going forward that can really make this happen. As far as the community surveys, you know, this... These six issue areas um, that we're going to focus on with with the six different surveys, these um, entirely came out of the uh, interviews that we did. Right, so this is all based on the conversations that we had with you and the other stakeholders um, in terms of what you all are seeing are the biggest age friendly needs uh, in San Leandro right now. And so this is a bit in in sort of order of priority. I think um, you know I think you know obviously these are all important, but as I mentioned earlier, housing insecurity um, is, is pretty top in everyone's mind. Like public safety also is really um, important. Um, civic and social participation, public spaces, a lot of, a lot of talk in the interviews about um, technology and, and how seniors use technology, how, how comfortable they are using technology and how we can improve um, the use and access to technology, especially among the senior population. So I see that as a um, there's a connection there to civic and social participation, um, transportation and mobility, um, another big area that that we heard in in almost every interview, health and wellness services. Health and wellness services includes food insecurity, so we heard a lot about food insecurity. I think you know just as a um, an aside, there, you know, what we heard was sort of a mix of. You know, what, what is um, sort of best case scenario in terms of, you know, when people are, are meeting their basic needs, what do they want to see in terms of age-friendly? So they want to, you know, that's, that's where we hear about volunteerism. That's where we hear about um, art galleries or, or um, you know, cultural events, right? But then there's a whole section of the population that aren't meeting their basic needs, right? And I think that we're going to have to find a balance in this plan um, because, you know, we heard a lot about food insecurity, um, people that just need to find ways to get, um, you know, nutritious food every day. And so so I, I want to highlight that because I think, you know, there, there are different um, dimensions to, to all of these, but especially with health and wellness, we wanted to include that because of, of all that we heard about um, food insecurity in particular. And then lastly, economic and workforce development, you know, I think this is where we We'll, we'll kind of explore more of that volunteerism aspect um, as well as, um, you know, how can we create um, opportunities for more senior-centric businesses to set up in San Leandro. So you have um, the places to go, um, so you don't have to go to Castro Valley to you know, all these other places to do your shopping. And, right, so we heard that as well. Lee? Uh,
8: I just wanted to jump in around public safety and the neighborhood beautification. Public safety, that included, like, sidewalks and, you know, like, beautification, sidewalks, crosswalks, not enough time to get across the street, things like that. And there was also a huge piece around safety, feeling safe in your neighborhood, like, walking down the street without getting assaulted or feeling feeling safe enough to be outside. So that was also another piece that came up repeatedly, you know, so that's another piece for that second issue that's a little bit deeper into this idea of safety, you know, about public safety and what it means to be safe.
9: In um, et Thanks, Lee. And we shared these with you in a recent email, kind of, you know, following up. Um, sorry, in a recent email, following up on the interview that we did, and we've gotten some feedback, you know, that these might not be the best ways to describe, right, like the wording that we use. Um, so, so we're going to continue to massage this. If you have any, you know, particular feedback on that, it's important so as we put together the surveys that we're we're kind of articulating the issues in a way that makes sense to the community and accurately reflects you know what we heard and the priorities that you all have. So for instance, maybe instead of housing and displacement, it could just be housing and security, right? Uh, that might be a term that's a little bit um, more easy to understand. Um, we did hear that maybe grouping public safety and neighborhood beautification isn't the best fit that public safety should sort of stand on its own. And we can think about how to, to think about neighborhood beautification. So there's some some questions in there, but I you know I just want to reference that I think you know this does a pretty good job is a good starting place for capturing everything that we heard. Uh, but we'd love to get your feedback in a second about that. Um, and quickly, I'll just go through the engagement timeline so you all can see very clearly what's coming. So. Still in January, we're kind of in that week three bucket there. We're we're finalizing, we're finalizing a logo, getting the website together, um, getting all the materials together. So we are primed now to kind of jump into this outreach campaign that's gonna start essentially next week with calls and emails out to partner organizations to start priming their networks about all of the listening sessions, the surveys, everything that's coming. And then you know, once we get into February right, we are finalizing sort of our approach to each of those engagement methods. So putting together the agendas, the detailed um, uh, strategies for how we're gonna do the listening sessions, we're gonna finalize the surveys. And so by the, the target for the surveys, so February 19th, which is a Monday, we wanna launch the surveys both digitally as well as getting all the hard copies out to our partners in the community. So um, that that is an important date. Um, shortly after that, we want to have our first um, listening session. And then essentially we're going to do one to two listening sessions every week um, through March and into April. And so there's going to be a sprint, right? And we're going to have to get, um, you know, all of those venues where right? we're going to do in-person, all of those details, you know, coordinated. Uh, and, and we're going to sort of approach those conversations and and the same way, we're gonna have the same structure to each of those conversations, so that'll make it easier. We won't have to sort of change too much um, conversation to conversation, but um, there's gonna be a lot of, of those meetings uh, throughout March. And we'll have the surveys running throughout that time. We really wanna have the surveys available for roughly eight weeks. Um, I think that's a good target um, to, to make sure that everybody has ample opportunity to, to fill those out and participate. And then, sort of, in March, as we're kind of getting closer to, to finishing all of those activities, we're going to start analyzing the data that we've already received. We're going to start to build a very rough, kind of drafty um, action plan, so that you know we're on uh, schedule. That by the time we wrap all that up in early to mid-April, um, we can get a final draft action plan to all of you um, by the end of April. Um, and so I think you know meeting in April with with all of you, um, at your scheduled meeting, um, you know we'll have something again that's very drafty. But I think you know getting your input at that point so we can really kind of tighten it up and have a pretty solid final draft by the end of April is going to be important. And the reason why we're doing it in that time frame is really want to have a, a, a good public comment period. So we want to, you know, we're gonna have all these conversations with community. We really wanna kind of bring it back to them and say, hey, this we heard from you. This is what you know the plan looks like based on everything that we heard. Please let us know, did we get it right? Did we miss something? Right. So it keeps them involved. It's, it's not like there's this black hole. They have the conversation and then a couple months later, suddenly there's, you know, the council's approving this plan, and they're like, I, I didn't see, like, what is that? Um, so we want to make sure that we're we're continuing that outreach and that they have, you know, a number of weeks, uh, hopefully the, the full month of May, to continue to engage with us. Um, similarly, we're going to be bringing that that final draft plan back to all of you in May, back to um, the City Council, so that they have an opportunity to to, to weigh in on it and, and think about changes or, or revisions that they would make, and then all of that's going to lead to. You know, finalizing the plan that, that uh, city council will adopt in June. And, and so these target dates, in order for the city council to adopt the final H-Friendly Action Plan at their meeting on June 17th, we need a final plan to go into their agenda uh, on June 3rd. So June 3rd is sort of the, the big target. That is going to be when we have a final, uh, final, final plan. So what's that?
6: Action plan?
9: Yep, final action plan. <laughs> So, um, so that is what we're driving towards. Uh, like I said, it's a bit of a sprint, but uh, I feel really good about it. We're organized, and uh, it brings me to sort of the final um, piece of the presentation today, which is, you know, we we can get there without you, but I, I don't want to. I want you to be with us every step of the way, participate. Um, you know. We are gonna we're gonna continue to organize and, and lead the effort. Uh, you don't need to, to take on that responsibility, but it would be great if you wanted to jump in in different ways. And so these are three ways that potentially um, you know you could jump in, and we we could certainly use your help with. Um, you're all residents of San Leandro. Uh, we're not right, so um, you've got friends here, you've got networks, you've got family. Um, any introductions you can make would be great. Um, uh, you can, you know, if it's somebody that you think can lead to other connections, feel free to email us and introduce us through email, through text, you know, whatever works for you. Um, but also just, you know, once those surveys are out or once we're um, advertising the listening sessions, you know, tell your friends if you think you have friends or family that would want to participate. They're San Leandro residents, you know, please get the word out and, and invite them to, um, to participate. Um, we're gonna do uh, hard copy surveys at different sites, as I said, so we could coordinate times. Um, you know, The Senior Center here would be a great location, but maybe other locations would library. Appeal, appeal to yeah, the library. And so if you wanted to be there on site, at a table right, that has all the surveys and a, a little sort of display setup, up, you could help people, you can encourage people to, to fill out the surveys, um, explain the initiative, be an ambassador, um, I think that's another role that would be really fantastic. And then also, you know, depending on some of the size of these listening sessions, we might um, need some extra help with note-taking, with, you know, not necessarily facilitation, don't want to make you feel like you have to lead these groups in any way, but, but just to be there and represent um, the initiative and, and, and potentially you know, provide some words at the beginning to, to talk about why this is so important um, would be really great as well. Um, so that's what I wanted to share today. Probably took a bit longer than um, uh, uh, was in the agenda. But I just wanted to get all of that information to you and would love to go back now to any of what I shared or anything else that you read in the document and just open it up to hear from all of you and make sure that we're making uh, changes that you want to see and, and doing this in a way that um, you know, is, is going to work for the Commission. Questions?
0: Anybody have questions? Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: Commissioner McKenna. I've, I've read the list of, of names here on page 16 in the engagement plan. Yes. Excellent.
9: Oh, great. Great. Yes.
2: Awesome. I, mean, I'm, I have worked with people in almost all of these categories here and I, they're all uh, intelligent and, and very, very active awesome. and would be able to provide lots of really good information. Um, the only other thing is um, the dates of the, the um, uh, commission's engagement. You right, know, it's, right. It's, uh, really important because I think all of us have really busy schedules. So the earlier we get those dates, the easier it will be to uh, find a way for at least one of us uh, to, to be at, uh, at these sessions because. Yeah. That would be really good. Absolutely. Thank you very much for that part. Yeah,
9: no, no, thank you. And yes, we'll, we'll try to get this, like I said, we're kind of getting into that next level of detail. So these um, <laughs> these dates and kind of confirming the different events, it, that's all coming together. So we'll get that to you soon. And yeah, um, that'd be and, great.
2: Um, Peg, you, you, you may be able to, to tell me whether or not, oh, no one ever calls me. Um, <laughs> that must be an advertisement, my um, whether the individuals who participate in the lunch program here, because it is mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. a group of individuals that I know include specifically individuals with disabilities. I know that there is a woman that attends pretty much on a regular basis that is blind Mm-hmm. I know that there are at least two individuals who um, are either in walkers or scooters. Um, I've seen, you know, I've been there a few times, or I, I pass by the lunch, um, and, you know, sort of lunch group and, and, and look in uh, when I'm leaving one of my classes, and it is a varied group. Um, also includes a number of individuals whose economic status is... Um, More challenging than my own, Mm -hmm. and so would have needs that that I might not be aware of. Um, But again, I don't participate on on a regular basis. I don't communicate, so I'm not. I don't know if that would be advantageous. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, the other uh, group that is definitely full of of individuals would be. Uh, the Brown Bank Mondays. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, as there are, uh, there would be opportunities to speak to individuals in a rather odd way, but they are waiting in line for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it might be a more casual session, uh, uh, an opportunity to develop, a, you know, another way than, than sitting down and talking like this. Um, but, um, it is a, a very good, I think, or an opportunity to connect with the um, a, a number of, of the uh, uh, individuals in the Asian community mm-hmm. because I think mm-hmm. probably ninety at least ninety eight percent of those individuals are are of some Asian
1: set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, th- Thank you for bringing that up. Um, and yes, to to your point, we are trying. We are trying to leverage. You, uh, we heard Dr. Mog speak earlier about just the importance of those relationships, uh, establishing them early on and leveraging them. So we are definitely looking to do that here as well. Uh, the program that you're speaking about is Spectrum. So I've added Spectrum Community Services to the list of um, nonprofit providers um, um, to the list. So they're on there. Uh, and then with Mercy Brown, Mercy Brown Bag as well, I totally agree with you. I think it'll take some um, uh, more, more unconventional outreach yes. where we're not, bringing, we're not bringing them to us, but we're actually, and I know you all do this, we're going to go to them and exactly the, what well, you just describe the image of there's people there, they're waiting online, they're, they're there, they're going to be very open. We've done that actually with other programs, we, uh, the Vietnamese American Community Center of East Bay. Uh, was there uh, uh, the last food distribution, and people were very receptive, and it was just a really good opportunity to establish a relationship and have those conversations. So, yes, um, the staff who, um, who operate that program uh, were actually interviewed, and they were part of a conversation uh, with, with Mike and Lee, so they're on board.
9: Uh, they're aware of the project, so yep. definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, and just as a process, so, so starting um, early next week, Right, so all these folks, so Pedro mentioned Spectrum, um, you know, any, any of these events or programs that are being put on by certain organizations, first step will be to reach out to those organizations by email or phone call. Um, just make sure that it's comfortable for them, that they're aware of, of what our um, objectives are, and that, uh, you know, they basically say, hey, you know, that aligns with our mission, we're happy for you to come out and, and talk to, to folks at these programs. And if that's the case, um, and they, you know, are fine with us being there, then we, we're going to have, you know, physical hard copy cards. So for, for, like, Brown Bag Mondays, if folks are in line, we'll go and talk with them and say, hey, do you want to, um, you know, sign up to be a part of the one of these listening sessions, right? And we'll have a card for them to fill out if they want to do that. And then similarly, once we launch the surveys, go out and provide those surveys while folks are, are um, you know, participating in their in that particular right. program. So that's going to be the strategy. So it's, yeah, I love those suggestions. If others if, if you know of other programs or events, we'll go to those, you know, and do the same thing. Um, so that's kind of the way the process is gonna is gonna look.
0: Yeah. I, I, I just wonder where the deaf community fits in here. Because that's one yeah. another outreach that I don't see. Uh.
9: Yeah. So I, I've heard people speak to deafness and blindness um in, in different ways. Some people are very clear that it's it's not um, it should not be labeled as a disability, right? right? Um, I think um, you know I, I, I got maybe find a different way to um, uh, to frame it, but I imagine we'll want to include members of the deaf and blind uh, and and other similar communities as part of that listening group um, uh, that has been labeled as as persons <coughs> living with chronic illness and disability. Um, so I, yeah, does that feel appropriate? I mean, that's what I've done on other projects. Um, engage with nonprofits serving those um, community members, and they help identify folks who would want to participate. Okay. And then we sort of design the session so that, I know
0: that they, they, they can have,
9: participate.
0: They have a, a Dakara has a, a yeah. presence here in San Leandro. Yes, but I just happened to see that they're only taking by appointment right now. Um, so.
9: So our yeah. approach would be to to reach out to Takara yeah, and so, try to right? have a relationship with one of their staff yeah. who can then help introduce us to folks that they work yeah. with that could participate and, and I, provide I might their feedback. Have
0: a, I might have an in. I have to.
9: Oh, okay. To, that would be yeah. great.
0: I'll I'll, I'll ask. I don't okay. Know.
9: Doesn't hurt to try. Yeah, that's great. And
0: um. I don't know if the rest of you know this, but Rose Johnson retired from Davis Street and has handed oh. over the reins to Daniel. So I'm sure that oh. she's she's still going to be very active, yes. but she did retire this month.
9: Wow. Yeah, yeah and I just want to reiterate, you know, this this and the list of organizations, <coughs> those, those are the things that are most Living in the stock, they're going to continue to grow. They're going to, you know. So, this is just a start from what we heard from the interviews. But um, as you can imagine, uh, if you introduce us to somebody and we talk to them, then they're going to introduce us to. I mean, it's just it snowballs. Um, so we are we are we are in for all of the conversations. That's that's what this is all about. Other thoughts, uh, You know, there is another
6: initiative uh, uh, going on. Uh, the master ten, not initiative. It's a master plan for um, parks um, yes. for the ten years and next ten years. So I think this is a good time for us to um, collaborate with them mm-hmm. and see what we can do for seniors because the senior population is growing. Maybe some paths with uh, for wheelchair access, accessible paths or some a corner for fruit growing trees um, which is not an impossibility we just don't have we can't depend on uh, um, fruit swap from private people we can the the city also should have initiative in doing that you know take, take growing fruit, fruit. um just a byline um some countries like greece and uh, other, uh, I don't remember the other country, but Greece definitely grow uh, fruit trees on the sidewalk and uh, the people are welcome to take and use them. But here, when I talked to the mayor, he said, there will be lost wood because someone will be sleeping and falling. But uh, uh, Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood where I live, in uh, Sitka, they have got blockade trees all over. The issues have planted, every house has got one. Uh, rock and tree and we are making a mess of it. But so far, I have not heard of anyone uh, slipping and falling down and having a lawsuit. Right. So I think it is possible to grow some fruit trees, mm-hmm. and it will be a good uh, in, uh, initiative for our city to do it, so that other cities can copy it.
9: Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would really be beautiful. Be yeah. Great. yeah.
7: Yeah. Um, I think it's. France too they have it so that um, food like breads and stuff from the stores and stuff they make it uh, almost a law that they have to give it to the shelters and this and that they're not allowed to just toss away you know so that might be you know Safeway I don't know if they're doing anything or any of the grocery stores with their bread their day old breads
9: and stuff yeah thank you yeah I know a lot of them do but just getting clear on yeah. yeah, who is, and, uh, and are there yeah. others that, Outdated, um,
6: that could be doing that? Outdated, uh, out of date, you know, when the date has expired, you can mm-hmm. give it to so the next day it doesn't get spoiled, maybe after two weeks of... After next day, I think it should be okay for the expiry date. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
8: So, Christian, go the
5: Stanley Under Food Pantry does gleaning for grocery um, uh, stores, but it's their initiative. It's on their initiative, uh-huh. it isn't, I don't believe it's from the grocery store themselves. Okay. But uh, the food pantry does do that, and they go around, the volunteers go around and pick up food uh-huh. that is uh, uh, close think- to or, you know, exp- expiration.
9: Great.
6: Yeah, I think they right. do, do give too. some, They uh, used to at least give some bread, uh, bread to the uh, senior center for distribution.
0: I hate to cut this conversation short. <laughs> yeah,
9: do you mind if just as I like kind of, um, you know, just just to validate the approach? Sure. Does everybody feel comfortable with um, yes. who we've targeted for the listening sessions. Yes. Um, okay. Great. That's great. I do hear. we need a
0: Do we need a poll?
9: <coughs> I think, I yeah, I, I just want to make... Unless somebody has any objections. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah,
9: and again, today is not the end as well. If you think, oh, you know, we really need to be meeting with this community. I don't see them represented. Please email me. <coughs> um, yeah, we can add. him. Yeah, in. or email Pedro and, and have him communicate that. Um, either way, I think, you know, uh, we just want to make sure, right, that, that <coughs> right, we, we have... Um, there's a scope to this project. We can't, you know, do an, anything and everything but within the listening sessions, I would, like, we can make changes if you think um, that would be worthwhile. Um, sure. I think
3: last but not least, I was impressed to see that uh, they have uh, <coughs> such a large percentage. It would be good to cipher that and really look into what percentage lies on the Korean community, which I assume mm-hmm. is going to be a mm-hmm. fairly large one, uh, what percentage will be Vietnamese, and what percentage would be Chinese. <laughs> yeah. example of Chinese being both Mandarin and Cantonese, That's so right. two different right. dialects that will contradict itself, ideally, most folks, yeah. will probably hear more, I would suspect, to Cantonese. <laughs> but it's important to notate those, uh, considering that, how your approach would be to those, because the cultural uh, aspect of things is if you don't speak the language, they're not going to provide you...
9: Right. Um, <laughs> and and yeah, they,
3: they won't talk. They'll probably just say, yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Because right. They'll be culturally polite to you. Right. But uh, if yeah. you really want to engage with them, you'll probably need the help of you know Cantonese or Vietnamese as, as uh, groups or communities that will be able to really yeah. get you that proper information. Out.
9: Absolutely. Yes. Um, I hear that loud and clear. I think with that session, you know, that's it's on my mind as we kind of started to build it out. Like, is it is it going to work to have you know um, say four different um, uh, dialects and four different sort of Asian subpopulations represented in that one listening session. I mean, we can do breakout groups. We can we'll have interpreters, right? So, from a logistics standpoint, it, I think we can do it that way. But you know, possibly we'll we'll just decide. You know, maybe it's better to do two listening sessions and have one just for, you know, the, the incredibly large Chinese population, right, which is 25% of the city, um, and then another one that, that maybe is some of these smaller subpopulations that, um, that we also want to hear from. So I, I totally I, I appreciate your remarks there, um, and, and that is, that's one um, listening session where I think, yeah, we've got to be really creative and thoughtful about um, how we do it so folks feel welcome and can participate. So it's it, um, definitely on our mind.
0: Thank you. Thank and,
9: then, and then final, I, I think we've got it because we sent the email as well, but but the community survey topic areas, everybody feels good. Generally, if you have any wordsmithing um, ideas, please send those as well. But just want to make sure on those two fronts, we're, we're all on board. We feel good. Seems like it. Okay. Awesome. Sorry to take so much time. But That's okay. No, this, this was
0: is, important, and we knew this was going to take up a good chunk of time. It's not a
9: problem. Okay. Thank you.
0: Just that we need to either table everything else, <laughs> so we need to go through it, I guess. Um, but thank you. Thank you. Yes, look forward to, look forward to next month. Okay,
5: um,
0: so can I just overall ask if we want to table the rest of everything, or do I have to go item by item?
1: I would say just, well, I'm, I don't believe officially informed me. The <coughs> table, okay, right. I do have an update on 8. So. Yeah, on 8 Oh, you did order. No,
0: 8. Which one? Oh, I forgot it was there.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> on which one? <coughs> 8B, said? Yes. Okay. All right, so, um, well, uh, okay. 8B, report from a representative to Alameda County Age Friendly Council. Bella, is there anything? No. 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 Should we just remove this from the list until it becomes yeah. active again? Okay. So we're going to remove the report from uh, Alameda County from our list of, on the agenda. Yes. Okay. Uh, Human Services and Commission update. Um, there is no update from me. There was no recording for me to listen to. <laughs> okay. Um, 8D, Institute of Aging Volunteers Assisting Seniors Update and Discussion. Pedro, you have an update? Yes, I
1: have an update about that. So I want to thank uh, Commissioner Comello for connecting me with Dustin Harper, who serves as the Chief Strategy Officer with the Institute of Aging. Uh, We met earlier this month. Uh, He provided a really good uh, overview of of the Institute of Aging and their services. Uh, He also brought brought me up to speed regarding life elder care's transition. Uh, including some of those programs that, that have come over to the Institute of Aging. Uh, we discussed uh, potential referrals for their enhanced uh, care management program, and we also discussed some uh, projects on the horizon, such as uh, helping advance our uh, age-friendly uh, initiative, which they were very excited about. Um, they're a big organization they're growing so he connected me with the East Bay representative uh, that individual's name is so uh, Dutch I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly uh, but I will be uh, I will be connecting uh, soon to talk about um, some collaboration with the with our services okay Thank you Commissioner commissionerer um, yes she did,
6: did, did you discuss the uh, volunteer uh, seniors.
1: <coughs> he did. Uh, he mentioned that that uh, program actually had been uh, dismantled, and it was not one of the programs that was transitioned over to their organization.
6: Were <coughs> so willing to look into it or try to get it in future.
1: It didn't seem like they were going to be taking it on.
6: Mm. Okay, so that was my big push. For both yeah, of I remember that. So anyway, uh, we'll have to talk more about it then. Not today, maybe. <coughs> Okay. Sure. okay. Okay. I'll have another meeting with uh, Duncan, right?
1: Uh, I'm going to be meeting with uh, Sopay, okay. and I can, I'm happy to yeah. uh, resurface that topic with her to see if she, ha- uh, yes. if, if um, Sopay has any additional information. Can,
6: uh, help us to develop that program. That will be the best thing
1: for the city. I'm happy to bring it up in the conversation okay. with her. Please. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Is that part of AE then?
1: Uh, that the is... The
0: volunteer program development? <laughs> no, that's
1: no. different. What is
0: that? I don't know. About. I, I don't know. I thought that was it's the separate. same thing. No? It no, it's no. Separate.
1: Okay. no, it's separate. Was
0: that something that you had brought up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can uh, we table that I, for next month? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, the commission priorities, senior commission responsibilities, that's... Can we table that, too? Yeah. I think we've got enough responsibilities right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually
2: that's actually a long discussion.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, legislative update, Marcy? Uh,
5: there's going to be a meeting um, in, uh, I guess, next week Okay. with uh, updates, so there's nothing for this meeting. Okay, thank
0: you. All right. Um, under new business, we had... Uh, oh, we had an H parking. Orders. Oh, yeah, sorry mm-hmm. about that. The parking structure, the parking study, Mm -hmm. and um, my understanding is there is going to be a presentation um, in the next month. Hopefully, we get it next month. They're confirmed for February. They're confirmed for February.
2: Um, I would just note the last four times that I have been here, there has not been a single handicap parking Mm -hmm. space available. Right. So I'm parking in the. low emissions s- space they can go park someplace else with their low emissions
0: <laughs> 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 it was very yeah it was i think i, I just a segue at a quick note i think maybe that the meeting with the um vietnamese ca- uh, uh, association may have filled up our parking spaces kind of today so because hmm. they're they're also Uh-oh. meeting the same time we are right.
1: Yes, and yesterday it was the yoga class. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the feedback regarding the candy cat parking was shared with them via email, um, and they, I'm sure, be share it a, uh, again, please. There will be another opportunity to share it <laughs> next month when they come and present. Yes. Share it, share it,
2: share it, and anybody <laughs> else who wants to share it, <laughs> go right ahead. Uh,
0: okay, new business discussion regarding crime. I believe that um, Commissioner Dillon had asked for that to be on. No. no. No? I Commissioner Camillo. Sorry. Okay, so, okay, can we table that for next month?
2: That's another long discussion. Yeah,
0: another long discussion.
2: And we need somebody to come from the PD again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From, from the
0: police department? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, pre- PD presentation again, because we had somebody that would came in yeah. uh, towards the end of the year. Well,
2: there's there's you know, been some changes.
0: Yeah. Chief, Chief
2: is still the not team. there.
0: I know, noticed
2: and, that, uh, yes.
6: You did go, yeah, I want to make a February, promise. February. I won't
9: come in February. <laughs> so you got all the time. <laughs> oh, you won't come in February? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could, but I, I realize that I'm, I'm, I'm draining you. No, you're not, your actually, hand. because yeah, these things,
0: things are just... Yes, so please come. I'm <laughs> sure you you may pick I, up. You I, may pick up some. A, I- I- you may pick up some ideas. Don't leave. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you okay. You're a priority. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that,
5: that was under.
0: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Af. Okay. okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So we are asking for a uh, police department presentation again uh, to be scheduled. Is there a, a under month the crime that you're looking for? under the not mm-hmm. Maybe March. Yeah, March, April. I don't know. yeah. Someplace, yeah. Sometime when this is more solidly yes. uh, yeah, running on its own, kind of. Okay. Discussion.
6: So that, so the
1: item will remain on the agenda, and then as far as uh, inviting someone from the police department, we'll look at uh, March or April. Yeah, great. Okay.
0: Thank you. Okay, um, report of this uh, chair. Okay, as I mentioned before, uh, Rose Padilla Johnson has retired uh, as CEO. and. Uh, for um davis street community center and her son daniel johnson is now in charge however rose uh there was a a nice um presentation on channel two they interviewed her the day she actually was packing up and leaving um (laughs) and uh, she said she'll still be around obviously and uh you know but she's going to devote herself to her two grandchildren and uh lots of other things that she has in mind, so I'm very happy for her. But I know yes. we will, We have not seen the last of Rose, <laughs> no. and she was there for 32 years. So she yes. started Davis she, Street, and wow. I think I it's time to step back, <clears throat> absolutely. Yeah. Mm.
7: Um,
0: okay. The next thing, really quick, um, is that um, there was a presentation uh, on November 20th for the Age-Friendly Proclamation. Um, I accepted it, along with um, some uh, other commissioners from the youth department and, I think, um, Human Services. Human Services. Mm-hmm. And I did give the pre- the document to Pedro mm-hmm. to have here at the Senior Center. So he has that.
1: We have it in a frame. The frame just needs to be attached to the wall. Okay. <laughs> that will happen soon. <laughs>
0: And um, the last thing is that I don't know if any of you, uh, anybody else, received this survey. Um, I didn't, but it happened that I got it because um, Commissioner Camello responded to it, asking to be part of it. It's an open, uh, as far as I can tell, Zoom meeting that is being done by the. Um, uh, recreation and Parks, and it's their master plan to chart out the future of our park systems and recreation program offerings. Did anybody else here get that? Yes. You did? Yes. Okay. No? I'm not
5: sure. Okay. I don't I think I got it either. Okay. Can All you right. It to, I can
1: it you. you did send it to me. Um, I I followed up with my colleague with recreation and who mentioned that you're, if you received it, you're part of a key stakeholder group um she said uh she said it was fine to forward it so i can go ahead and forward it to everyone else in addition to that i am going to be uh checking with her to see about the possibility of having the consultant maybe come and talk to us at some point Uh, as we all know our consultants time is always very limited so i don't know how much time they actually (laughs) really have but it never hurts to ask a question i will ask and see if there's any ways that we can interface with them in some ways that it makes sense for uh, the process and for us right yeah and
9: and, and if you do end up bringing um, that that team in for one of your meetings i think it'd be great for us to be here as well yes. mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. like you said build that alignment with yeah, with the oh, yeah. 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 So. even
0: if you're just here to listen you're always welcome okay, mm-hmm. okay. One too. Um, yeah, okay. so the the uh, there's three different categories that they're going to be looking at there's sports athletics and park amenities there's the youth, seniors, and accessibility, which oh, I, I did think get is, that. Did you get that? Yes. Okay. And then the culture and environment. So, um, if anybody needs, you know, needs it to be re mm-hmm. I'm sure that Pedro can mm-hmm. do that. Maybe mm-hmm. just go ahead and re yeah, it anyway. I'll send it because uh, if Pedro can uh, uh, print out because my printer is… I can have this one. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Okay. They start, I believe, January twenty second. So that's why I brought it up. It starts next week. Mm -hmm. And it looks like you can just log into any any of them that the times. They have two times, two times and two dates for each one. And I think it would be really important if we at least try attended to log into the senior one. Because because they're looking at crosswalks, sidewalks, all kinds of stuff. Yes. Okay, a good thing. And that's the end of me. So that's my report for this month. All right, we have commissioner comments. The chair, um, the uh, chair, will call on commission members to uh, for their comments. So, commissioner Lopez Nacario.
7: Um, well, I I attended the uh, the police review board yesterday. Oh wow! And I always go. I usually always go if I can, if I want, <laughs> but anyway, a um, couple people spoke about Chief Prison and the lack of transparency, four months going, and they're not happy about it. And um, mostly they just kind of discussed uh, several um, – so many things, but little, little, little things that they discussed that they're setting up, and um, you know, somebody mentioned about the cameras, and. Um, there was something else he talked about, too, and I forgot my notes at home. But anyway, I'll I'll come back to it probably next month. <laughs> <laughs> that it? Yeah, that's Thank it. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> okay. Commissioner um, Miller is not here. Commissioner McHenry.
2: Um, to add to what you're saying, uh, uh, Chief Bridgen applied for uh, the chief in Oakland and was denied, along with two others that were denied, all three of them. And um, as far as the cameras, they've been approved. right So we'll be adding, I think 24? Mm-hmm. 24 24 new cameras around the city.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, we need to call um, the, the city department that handles the, uh, uh, the, the planters out in front. The uh-huh. only thing that's really thriving are the, uh, the weeds that came with the soil.
7: <laughs> oh. oh no. <laughs> I wanted to. Bounce off that Chief Prison being denied. He was denied because he's on administration leave, and they can't make him come forward until that's settled. Well, all three of them got denied. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the other two I know. Oakland's, I know about, Oakland's yeah.
2: in worse shape
0: than we are. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to have Oakland. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Camello. <clears throat> um,
6: um, I was wondering whether it's too early to write something about. Age-friendly city in San Diego Times, to just to show that we are still working on it. Um, is it possible? Should I write something just to make sure that we are going ahead or
9: don't do it right now? What is, so,
1: if we can interject.
9: Yeah. So um, that's definitely on our radar um, to get something out within the next. I think. We do it every Thursday, right? So I think um, I was targeting February first. So I, I'd love to collaborate. but I wrote something up. To, that kind of starts to um, uh, again do that mix of just getting people aware of the initiative, but also asking um, specifically for folks to sign up for the listening sessions. Mm-hmm. So, I was going to have that um, run in the times. Um, I'm, I'm open to other suggestions, or if you want to help, you know, yeah, uh, I could write to with
6: something and yes. write a little <coughs> uh, exact, uh, what do you get? Yeah, Where is it? Okay, Another little book little, uh, to that. So, yeah. when is it going to be? I
9: was gonna target February first that okay. it would run. And then and that doesn't have to be the only time and then maybe later on we do on to surveys I mean. and just kinda of keep like, like you were saying, kinda of keep the, the message out there so people know. So they know uh, what is happening. Yeah.
6: So I will write just a little thing, maybe a to the letter to the editor or something at that time. Okay. I'm targeting the same
9: time. I mean, okay. but I'll, I'll write to you I'll write an email to you so yeah. that you know, you we yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Commissioner. yes, Commissioner, I, Commissioner Dillon uh,
5: suggest that since you're going to be working on some uh, outreach materials website yeah. etc yeah. perhaps an initial letter, look for mm. the age friendly mm-hmm. such and such coming up will be you mm-hmm. know, launching this soon for the next scene, whatever the timeline is, yep. and then you can put, you know, then your ad or whatever into the time. So maybe a letter first saying, this will be coming, look for it. Okay. And then when you've got it, you know, it kind of splashes onto the scene. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then it's a consistent thing
9: going forward. I love that. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you'd uh, be interested, if you mind writing that letter? Um, to kind of, you know, this is coming. I can even give you some some yeah, yeah. tips to, to kind of
6: work Okay, on. that will work together. Okay. You know um, my email, right? And my I do. Up. Yep, I'm <laughs> um, both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, try
9: not to call it's you on so the
6: <laughs>
0: That is the old time I'm free, actually. <laughs> 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 okay. Commission, Thanks. is that? Okay, commission? Um, oh, I, yes. I just had
6: a question about home uh, um, that survey for the, of the home home unhoused people so I'll do, uh, meet with you all, uh, later on or talk to you later on.
1: okay happy happy
0: day okay. Dylan
5: yes uh, well back in um, October I mentioned that um, I wanted to send a letter to public works to see if they could do something about um, facilitating sandbags for seniors and you know that kind of thing I did I did do that. And I uh, heard back from them in December. We didn't meet, so I wasn't able to report to you. But um, they write that um, <clears throat> now on the website, in Public Works, they have uh, added this to their information. Residents with disabilities can obtain pre-filled sandbags at 14200 Chapman Road. Please call 510 577 3440 before you arrive to reduce your wait time, and further that people, if they do call, um, that uh, let's see, we understand that filling and lifting sandbags and vehicles can be difficult and we are available to assist you. We have updated our website to include the following help. So if someone were to need that help, they can call Public Works ahead of time and then they will send someone out to help. Great, good, good, good. And we've got an atmosphere gripper coming there. Oh, yeah, right, exactly. Tomorrow, yeah. So I was glad that they followed them.
0: Commissioner Aparicio.
8: Uh, Thank you, everyone, for
3: for coming out and doing great presentations. Nothing to share of mine, just very grateful to to observe all this information out. So thank thank you. Thank you.
7: I have one thing I just remembered. They I'm sorry, your t- time's up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have four police officers that should be added on in a month or so. They're in training. One's a dispatcher that went into uh, being training, and then three others. So okay,
0: we'll four more. Yay, yeah, yeah, good
7: team. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> sorry. One look. we crime rate up or down. They didn't really, you know. Um, they really talked about uh, the racial disparity of stops, what the reason was for the stops, Um, you know, because there's no real data. How many versus black, Asian, whites have been stopped? There's a high amount of the black people. Why? You know, was there a reason why they stopped them? Was it just that when... And these are stops that were not warranted. They weren't looking for them. There wasn't a call. There wasn't saying a red car or black sweatshirt. They just were stopped. So they wanted... um, kind of an investigation on that and then they mentioned the, the police officers and um, pretty much everybody is really unhappy with the untransparency with uh, the chief um, some people just kind of came out and just said that this reminded them of the 60s and um, they they wanted to be let out because four months versus the three months that they were guaranteed and nothing being said. It's like saying there's nothing found, and they feel that there's just some shady stuff behind that. Okay,
0: thank you for your report. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> okay. There being no further business to come before the senior commission, I will entertain a motion to adjourn the meeting. I so move. Wait. Second. Okay. You, oh, mo- so Commissioner Camello, moved. Second. Commissioner Lopez second. Oh, seconded. I think there
1: was a, seconded. Um, a comment by the member. Of the I'm sorry.
3: Public. It's okay. I just wanted to see if I can add the comment. Is that
1: cool? yeah. I I don't know. He can comment on a an agenda. public can comment on at the end of a public uh, at the end of an agenda we've already covered all the items. Oh, okay. Uh,
3: well, that was a too late thing my bad. I didn't know I would uh, raise my hand for that. <laughs> it's okay. Well, if you have
0: something perhaps you could tell Pedro. okay?
3: What, what, okay?
1: I'm happy thank to you. I'm happy to talk with you more after the meeting.
0: Okay, thank you. Sorry. That's no, okay. It's okay. okay. I just do not want to interrupt your phone. Thank you. Um, okay, Commish- um could you please? So we have pull- a,
1: a motion by Comello, and I didn't get the second. I'm
0: sorry, uh, Commissioner um, Lopez-Nacario.
1: Lopez. Yeah.
0: All right, roll call, please.
1: Yes, thank you, Chair. Uh, Chair Watson Yes. Vice Chair Comello. Yes. Commissioner Aparicio. Yes. Commissioner Dillon. Aye. Commissioner Lopez-Nacario. Yes. Commissioner Mc- and Commissioner McHenry. Yes. The motion passes seven okay. zero.
0: THEN I
4: DECLARE THIS MEETING ADJOURNED AT 1214. THANK YOU.